to the Paint, Rest, Repeat podcast with Roz Gervais and Laura Day, where we chat about our creative lives as artists while keeping it real and a little bit messy. We're here to inspire creatives just like you to push past those boundaries and make art that you love. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Paint, Rest, Repeat. Laura and I were just chatting off camera and we've decided that our general mood at the moment is hunkadori. Hunkadori. <laughs> we've got to Google what that means and where it, the etymology of that, com- like that word, that phrase. Don't even know. My dad's a plumber or oh, he's retired now, but I reckon that's something that he'd say. He's a bit of like Aussie bloke. Hunkadori, hunky-dory. Where does it come from? If you know, as a listener, if you know, send us a message. We want to know. So the topic today, at the point of recording, we haven't decided what the actual topic name is going to be, but it is along the lines of, are you scared of self-promotion as an artist? And how this topic came about is actually primarily through my involvement with the other art fair recently, where I had my art exhibited. And I did notice in a lot of the conversations that a lot of those beautiful artists who are doing really well, sort of like uncomfortable with that idea of marketing themselves outside in this context, it's outside of that fair situation. And there were a few conversations as well about, you know, how to have those sales conversations with the people who are looking at their art. And is it okay to mention that their art is also in galleries or is that too much bragging, you know, that sort of space. So we felt, Laura and I felt that this would be relevant to you here on Paint, Rest, Repeat as well. I think it can be a challenge for artists, especially those that are on the more introverted side. They're a bit more shy. They're a bit more afraid to put themselves out there, be the centre of intention and really have that confidence to put their work forward or put themselves forward and be in that vulnerable space. I just noticed that you said centre of attention and I thought that maybe you said centre of intention and you didn't. But it makes me think that's quite an interesting concept, isn't it? Because maybe we can allow ourselves to be just a little bit like the centre of attention if we focus actually on our intention. Do you like that? Ooh, yeah. So focusing on that, the why, the goals, that vision, the intention behind our practice and our art and what the art, our art practice means to the world and what we want to bring forth with our creations. Yeah, because I think, you know, we were, sorry, I'm going off topic already, but it's still on topic. But we were talking before hitting record that about the fact that neither of us are actually extroverts. So as children, I know I was really shy. My mum called me like a, I think maybe the word was a leech or something like that. Like I was always stuck to her. I was glued to her leg. I was that kid, really, really shy, constantly living in the shadow of my older brother, actually. So I was always like the second thought and the second one and scared of public speaking, all of that jazz. I am not an extrovert, but it's through, you know, bravery through this art journey specifically, actually that I have come out of my shell. So even when I was teaching, you know how that was my last career, I could not speak in a room with other adults in the room. I could talk to the kids with confidence, 
but not with adults because I felt like I was being judged by all of the parents in the room and that was literally paralyzing. I went right in the face, got the wobbly voice, the shaky knees and all of that jazz. So I don't know about you, what's your background in terms of introversion? Is that a word? Just making it up. Yeah, it is. I have done the personality test and I'm half and half. So yeah, I can't remember which way leaning, but I was like 49% introvert and then 51 extrovert or the opposite. Like I, I'm just not sure, but I was really shy as a child and I never look anyone in the eyes. And I actually still struggle today with eye contact and talking to people and feeling nervous, but I challenged myself more and I put myself out there more. And I think my desire to like grow and expand, it outweighs that the fear and the insecurity. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And I think also you hit an age, maybe, I don't know if it's an age thing, but maybe you hit an age where you just like, stuff it, just going to do it anyway and just see what happens. You know, I'm going to be brave for a moment and see what happens. I'm going to take a courage pill and see what happens, like what comes of this if I, you know, talk about my art to someone new, for example. So yeah, this topic of being afraid of self-promotion and being scared to put yourself out there and put your work out there and and that the whole sales strategy and the marketing and the social media and websites and email marketing and, and all of that sort of stuff can seem like really big challenge and an uphill battle for creatives. And lots of artists that I've spoken to, and I'm sure the people at the fair has already brought your attention to how many artists actually face these challenges in terms of like marketing and self-promotion and how frightening it can be. And they'd rather just be in their studio and making the art and like not having to think about the promotion of it. But then we were also talking when we were preparing for this episode, Roz, and we were like, well, if you're not willing to do the marketing and put yourself out there, then you're not going to achieve that goal of making the art sales. It's almost like that self-sabotage or you're getting in in the own way of your success if you're not looking at this. And I don't want this conversation to be like a hard, hard line, like you've got to do this and this and this. I think that there has to be an element of self-compassion in here and understanding that these challenges come up because of ways of operating in the past and things that happened in our childhood and all the narratives and stories that we sort of build over time to create like our identity and, you know, the narratives that run our lives. Hello, beautiful creatives. It is Roz here. I wanted to let you know about my free community over on Facebook. It's called Permission to Paint Free Community, and it is a group over on Facebook where we do lots of beautiful things. So it is where you can access weekly art prompts to get your creativity flowing. And we also have a monthly prize draw for the top 10 group contributors. So you can win a free month inside Art for the Heart, my online membership for creative women. I also run a number of art challenges inside this group, and it is basically the place you want to be to support your art career without paying a cent. So come on and get amongst it. I look forward to seeing you in there.
Yeah, I love how you mentioned in there the self-kindness piece. It's really important. I think, you know, we part of why we came up with this topic as well or how we decided to cover this topic today was around the fact that in our all in many of our episodes we talk about oh yes so we need to be email marketing this is how you do it you need an art website this is how you do it but what about those people who are thinking well I just don't want to (laughs) you know like thanks for telling me how that sounds amazing but I don't want to spend my time doing that I just want to make my art and yes I want sales thank you very much so we thought we'd put together this episode so we can sort of Talk about that more like the emotional or the mindset side of things when it comes to, you know, standing up and getting your art in front of other people. So ultimately the goal here, right, through our art journey as people in art business who are wanting to sell art is to make art sales. And so my summary here is that what you need in order to make art sales is you need the art and you need the people. So you need the buyers or the collectors or the people who love art, okay? So that's what you need. We're going to be assuming today that you've got your art covered, okay? The art is all good. You've got the art. You love making your art. That's all fine. Now, with the people side of things, you need to be either reaching out to your existing buyers or people in your existing network or new buyers or potential buyers. So there's those sort of two categories. And in order to reach out to them, you need to communicate with them with the intention to sell. So this is the idea. And that, to me, is what marketing is. Marketing can be like this really dirty word, this awful concept to artists because we're so, you know, heart-centered and we're just about the passion, the expression, the, you know, all of this. But just simply communicating with other people, like I've got a new collection. I'm going to be at the fair. There's new art on my website. I'd like to give you first dibs. That is still marketing. And if you're wanting to make art sales, And if you're wanting to increase your sales and go for consistent sales, that would be nice. Then you need to be doing some sort of marketing. What do you think about that, Laura? Yes, 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 and yes. (laughs) (laughs) That was like a monologue. I do the monologue sometimes. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) No, that's amazing. We've got a podcast. So, of course, (laughs) if you couldn't monologue and speak and explain a topic, then we wouldn't be very good podcasters. Hey. I'll just hide behind my mum's leg again. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what we were sort of talking about before this as well, is that whole, how the marketing fits into the picture in the context of your goals. And then I've written here as well, and maybe you want to chat about this one, Laura, but what gets in the way of that? Why do you think artists, some artists, sorry, struggle with the marketing piece? Yeah. There's so many different elements that come into it and it will be depend on their history of like what's coming in. It can be like a scarcity thing, like that sort of financial block. It can be comparisonitis, can be like the self-sabotage. But there's, you know, sort of stories and narratives we sort of tell ourselves like I'm too shy to self-promote or I'm not confident enough, I'm not outgoing, I'm not good enough. I'm not a salesperson. Like I've never had experience in sales in the past. Let alone selling your own work. Just a little note there. (laughs) There's too much competition in the art world. That was one of my blocks initially because I was told by my mum that it's too competitive to be an artist. But then you think about the world like and how many accountants are out there. 
too competitive to be an accountant. So this is when I was making my decision of my tertiary studies and she was trying to lovingly guide me into a conventional education or conventional path. And I realized now that that was her projecting her fears and she's a creative herself, but like never fully, I guess she had sort of creative career, but I don't want to get too much into my own baggage here. But But other people will be able to relate, Laura. It's okay. As long as you're not disclosing too much private information. (laughs) But it's something that I had to overcome because I realized that that wasn't true. And I wanted to be an artist no matter what. And I wanted to follow this creative path. It was the only thing I was passionate about. And I knew that I had to get rid of that narrative and form my own one and build the confidence within to progress forward and do all the things that I wanted to do and have my solo exhibitions and make commissions and like do all the art stuff that I wanted to do. So, and then I had to like unpack, you know, where it was coming from and then rewrite it. So when we're telling ourselves there's too much competition, I'm not good enough, I don't deserve recognition for my art, that person on Instagram is so much better at marketing than me. And, you know, sort of having that scarcity mindset, having like the imposter syndrome come up and the comparisonitis, that's what really gets in the way. And then that's what creates the blocks and the resistance. So having that self-awareness and looking at what you're telling yourself is like the key to sort of improving and, and moving forward and, you know, getting to the end goal of selling your art. Yeah. And I think the motivation to work through those things is your goals, like your ambitions and what are your, what you're wanting to build. Like I do believe that in this world, we can achieve anything we want to achieve if we are driven enough and focused enough, you know, the number of stories out there about people who've like flipped their whole lifestyles upside down. Like I'm talking, you know, from poverty to all sorts of, you know, fabulousness, like there's plenty of them. And often it just comes from this place of drive. So not to discount people who are on tough journeys, but the drives part is a really, really big piece of the puzzle. If you're enrolling in an art career, in an art journey, you have to have determination. You have to see it as a long game. And what sort of helped me along my way is realizing that artists never retire. It's going to carry you through your whole life. You're going to be a creative person your whole journey. But if you're wanting to make money from your art, you have to want to change and improve. You can't shy behind all of these things that you tell yourself. You have to really want, you have to really want to get to that end goal. You have to be determined and driven and you will have to take courageous action. And they might be little, like they might be little steps in the direction you want to go. So we're just talking about stepping outside of your comfort zone. It might just be like a tippy toe, you know, just outside of that comfort zone. Give that a try, see how that feels, then do it again sort of thing. And then maybe put your whole foot out, you know, so just trying these things, being open-minded as well. So, you know, creatives who might say, oh no, I don't do social media. You know, those blanket statements are not helpful. The person who is losing out in that instance is the artist. So instead, You can find a part of social media that you don't mind too much. Give it a try and see how it goes. So we're just talking about making these 
all these options that we've talked about in all the previous episodes work for you in a way that is, what's the word, that suits your personality and your nature and all of that. So once we have that self-awareness, we know the narrative and looking at our challenges and blocks. I think it's important to like reflect on that. And another piece of this puzzle is like that confidence building and looking at the reason behind why you create, why you have a creative practice, why you feel so drawn to paint the the things that you paint. And thinking about the impact that your art, you want your art to have on the world. And when you sell your art to someone, the impact that it has on them and their life. And that can bring like a sense of importance to to your work because I think lots of artists self-deprecate and like play their talents down and they can shy away from aspect. And the ego, you know, you can feel quite egotistical, which I think is a word, to be promoting yourself. But if you realise and see the impact of your art and to be promoting your art and sharing your art to get it into other people's spaces so that it can have the impact that it's meant to have, that sort of level of separation can be really, really helpful, I think, for our listeners when they're marketing their art. Because buyers connect to the story behind your art. Not everyone sees the world in the way that we see the world. And it's amazing. Like your creations are amazing and valuable and you're making something so special and unique because it's a reflection of like what you see in the world. And this can create like a deeper emotional connection to your paintings or your work. And then that's what converts into the sales. So if you lean on that story, your story is an artist, but then the story that your art is telling as well, then if you lean on that, that's what can help you to make progress in like marketing your work and showing your work to the world. Yeah. And I think, you know, even if you're feeling, and if you're, sorry, still feeling a little bit funny about marketing your art, Definitely have a read of Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way because her first chapter, I think it's the first chapter, maybe it's the second, just blew my mind when I first read it years ago. And essentially, you know, it, it conveys that when you're creating your artwork, it's not actually your artwork. You are just the channel for that creation of that artwork. So that is definitely a bit spiritual. But if you're willing to be open-minded to that sort of a concept, definitely have a read of the, the that book, at least the first couple of chapters, because I think that separation, I found that really helpful at the start of my art career, that separation between me and the artwork. It wasn't even my artwork. So much easier to sell someone else's artwork. So let's just like (laughs) go down that path. It's really, really interesting. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that book. Definitely a great recommendation. And then I'd also would suggest uh, Big Magic as well. Similar, isn't it, in ways in terms of the ethos, that's the wrong word, concept? Yeah. So if you haven't heard of it, Elizabeth Gilbert wrote Big Magic and it's all about the creative process and similar threads as Julia Cameron's Artist Way, two amazing, amazing, amazing books. Yeah. So I guess we sort of touched on it before and, Ros, you were talking about setting tiny goals. Yeah, definitely. So we, we touched on that in terms of, you know, a motivator and moving us towards where we want to go, right? So if we have our goals, we have our intentions, our hopes and our dreams for our art practice, that's what's going to help us to look at our blocks, why we've got those blocks, and then to try to, you know, gently dismantle them. 
Uh, we wanted to mention as well in regards to goals, this sort of idea really of lifelong learning. And you mentioned it before as well, Laura, just this whole idea that we're going to be artists forever. So there's no clear end point. Like we're on this for the journey. It's, it is who we are, right? So this lifelong learning approach is really, really important. There are so many amazing things to learn in this world. You know, what part of promoting your art and increasing your art sales interests you and how can you learn about that? How can you just dive into a bit of a learning journey without that perfectionism though, okay? So we will talk a little bit more on that. But for example, if you want to start email marketing, which we both recommend, how can you go and learn a little bit about how to do that? And just, it's a learning journey. And then you set up some sort of a landing page to welcome your email subscribers, for example, and it might not be perfect. It's something it, and something is better than nothing on all of these fronts. So just looking at those areas, we've got a list here that I'm just reading off. So we have email marketing, website design. You might want to learn about how to do a bit better on Instagram, how to use Facebook ads, TikTok. I know nothing about TikTok. Don't ask me. Pinterest, learning how to approach galleries, preparing for solo exhibitions and fairs, improving sales conversations, how to set up a blog or a podcast, perhaps. There are so many areas that you could learn about. And if you just want to take one of those little ideas and set that as a goal over the next two months, say, to learn a little bit more about X and then try to put it, put some of it into practice in your art business. We're not talking about going like perfecting your TikTok strategy and doing, you know, two months of deep dive research into it. And then when you start your first post on TikTok, it's going to be a, like a, a hot trending post or whatever it is. We're just talking about doing a little bit of research as a learning experience and then trying something and seeing what happens and trying to integrate that then into your regular part of your art business. Now, when Roz was listing out all of those things and to those listeners that are like, oh my God, that's like so overwhelming. How am I supposed to get good at all of these things? I just want to remind you of like when you first started out drawing or painting or just learning about art, learning about creating, think about how much time and practice that took. You have to make space in your calendar to like dedicate to learning about that. So maybe approach it in that manner of, okay, I need to do a little bit of research. I'm going to set aside an afternoon. I'm going to spend one or two hours watching some tutorials on YouTube on the best strategy for email marketing and then find like the best place to set up your account. Another small action step. Even if that seems too difficult, you could call your artist friend or you could message them on Instagram and say, hey, loved your emails. You do a really good job. Can you just help me out and just let me know what email provider you use and like how you got started with email marketing? Exactly. Just these gentle sort of first steps. And you don't have to do all of these things. You and I don't do all of these things. I have a TikTok account because I don't know why. And I've sent like <laughs> three posts over there and they've been repeat posts, like repurposed from Instagram Reels. So you don't have to do all of these things at all. So it's more like just choosing which one interests you the most or in some people's cases, which one is the most repulsive? I mean, least repulsive, <laughs> least repulsive. <laughs> 
And then, you know, just opening your mind to maybe trying it and maybe learning also how to do that thing your way. I really, really like that concept, you know, like I was actually, so I don't really paint still lives and I was painting one the other day as I'm designing a workshop around it. And the whole time I was painting, I was saying to myself, how does Roz do still lives? How does Roz do still lives? How does Roz do still lives? And it's the same concept. It's like, how do you do email marketing? Like, how? Do, what's your take on this? How do you do that? Because, yeah, it's it's so connected to you, your self-development, operating your business in a way that's aligned with you as a human. You have to make it easy for yourself. So if you're wanting to improve your Instagram game, maybe you like doing stories so much more than doing reels or posting on your grid. Like maybe just master that bit first. Just start sharing on your stories or making little videos or different things like that and just posting it on that and then progress from there. Just like those little steps, James Clear from The Atomic Habits, his suggestion is to focus on getting 1% better each day. So those small action steps, like instead of being in that analysis paralysis and just being like, oh my gosh, throwing your hands up in the air and just be like, oh, this is all too hard. It's overwhelming. Thinking about how you could break it down to the smallest step and focus on making improvements. Yeah, definitely. Baby steps in the right direction because we're in this for, you know, the journey. Like we are, there's no, there's no end point. Maybe there is. We all have an end point, I suppose, but let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're getting a bit morbid here. <laughs> but uh, like another thing I would probably suggest too is tapping into your intuition and feeling into what is the best marketing method for you. Like Ross said before, you don't have to do everything on that list. So maybe rather than Instagram, you feel called to Pinterest. Instead, like, don't feel like you should be doing a certain thing because you see other artists doing it online. Other artists are everywhere. Like, they, like, you know, if you put other artists together in one category, everyone's doing everything. So, yeah, you choose to do it your way. Totally agree. Your area and your way. Because maybe building robust mailing list rather than focusing on your social media, like, that could be your key to success. I think when you're motivated to invest in something and it and it feels right to you instead of oh I should be doing this I should be doing the the website or I should be learning how to approach galleries or I should be doing a podcast like if it's going to be an uphill battle and if you're going to bring this energy of like oh I should be doing this and like this is the right way to market my business this is a way to have a proper art business then you're going to be faced with challenges and it's going to seem hard and difficult. So yeah, tapping into marketing that feels a bit more easeful or like maybe you're curious about and just slowly exploring that and yeah, making improvements bit by bit. Now, the other thing I noted down is that we should share with our listeners, see it says here, we should share with our listeners <laughs> a mantra or a couple of mantras, because like when life gets tough and we get this overwhelm and we think we should be doing all the things, but we just don't want to, did you have like some sort of a mantra that you would share with people? Something that's really helped me, and this is in regards to making art sales, I get paid well for my creative talents. Ooh. 
Good affirmation. I like that one. Okay. Yep. I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking whether I can take that on. I'm pondering. Mm. Yeah. I think it was, I really actively wanted to change my mind about my value in myself as an artist, my value in my creative practice. And I really did want to make money from a creative career. And I knew that my scarcity, I knew that my stories from the past were really blocking me. So there was a few different mantras, like nothing's coming to mind right now, but one of the most profound ones that sort of stayed with me is I get paid well for my creative talents. So take that if that feels right to you, but there's lots of different affirmations out there and lots of little processes that can help you to shift the way that you see things and shift your perspective and really help you to move forward. Mm. I've got one that doesn't sound like an affirmation, but it's just know what you want, then be brave is my one. So it's just around, you know, yeah, that, that's pretty straightforward, but that's, I think that's quite a powerful one. Be brave, you know, introvert, extrovert, you know, does it, I, for me, I, when I say it doesn't matter, that sounds harsh. It just means, you know, there's so many different types of artists out there and being brave just means stepping that tiny little bit of, out of your comfort zone and giving something a try. Because when you try new things, there are new results. Yes. I think, what do they say? There's something about if you just do the same thing and expect a different result, that's a little bit odd, something like that. Try something new. Yeah. When you were talking, like another one came to mind is like, I can, I can do hard things. I can do hard things. You can. It can feel uncomfortable, but you can. You can do it. I was afraid to put my face on camera. I was afraid to do Instagram lives. I was afraid to do this podcast, but we've been going for like two years now and like you just get better and better. If you listen back to those first few episodes, which I never have, like I'm just don't even want to do that. Yeah, don't do that. Listeners, don't listen to episode (laughs) one. We were so shaky. We were talking over each other. We were figuring out our rhythm and flow. We didn't know what the hell we were doing, but we figured it out in the end. And it's something that I'm still passionate about and like still motivated to like keep growing and moving forward with. So yeah, it all feels uncomfortable if it is out of your comfort zone, but yeah, you're not going to achieve those big lofty dreams if you're not making you know, small steps forward. I love that one. I can I can do hard things. That's a really good one. I can do hard things. I think that was something that took me through, like especially when I was in and out of hospital and getting chemo treatment and all the stuff, like I can do, I can do hard things. Like it's just something that, you know. You're pretty tough, Flora. You know that, right? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so lovely. Like you're, a, what is the word? You're like a, an enigma wrapped in a riddle, something like that. Like, because you're like so lovely and so gentle, yet so tough. I love it. (laughs) Thank you for reflecting that back to me. That makes me feel really nice. Yeah, that was something nice to say. I don't mean tough as in mean. (laughs) No, no, no. Yeah, I I know where you're getting at with that. Yeah, brave. All right. So once we've done those brave things, once we've made those small little steps, once we've made that 1% improvement, I want you to celebrate your wins. Pop a, pop a bottle of bubbles or kombucha. Yes. Buy yourself a beautiful thing of loose leaf tea. Buy yourself some twoobs and I don't, they don't know anything about me. <laughs> I just bought some. What is a twoob? <laughs> I just bought some twoobs just this morning. 
It's my celebration, actually. I'll tell you. Is it food or is it shoes? Shoes. Oh. So they don't know anything about me, but they're like some sustainable sandal brand, Twoob, T-W-O-O-B-S, and I bought some in, guess what colour? Pink. Yep. I think they call them the Margot, Margot Rob Pink. Ah, cool. Something like that. Mm. But, yeah, no, buy yourself something, like you were saying, to have it like, have a little treat. That was my treat after the other outfit. Oh, that's really nice. Well, yeah, Roz and I got our nails done after the 50th episode of the podcast. Get your hair done. Get a massage. Buy yourself some new earrings. I don't know, like just something that makes you cook yourself a special meal maybe. Beautiful. Take yourself out for dinner. Yeah, all those nice little things to celebrate your achievements. I think it's important to like step back and recognize that you're making progress. No matter how small a thing it is, it's good to like pep yourself up and then that will help with the confidence piece too. Each exhibition or each time you do a market or, you know, just a new step forward. Like you set up your email campaigns, you set up your website, you sent off a a pitch to a gallery or something. Do something nice for yourself. It's great. It's really good to celebrate yourself. I think it's really important and it helps to, um, what's the word? It helps to like anchor that experience in your system. There's some, there's some actually actual science behind it. So it helps your body to remember and to embody, I think, that win so that you are then motivated to keep on achieving and keep on going with that particular goal. Is that right? Do you know, because I know you're doing some other training, do you know a bit about that? Yeah, even just as you're talking, I was thinking about even using that as a motivator to get to the end. You'd be like, oh, okay, I'm going to buy myself a bunch of flowers after I hang my exhibition and I'm going to celebrate me. I prefer twoobs. Just joking. I do like flowers. <laughs> I prefer twoobs. <laughs> I thought it was like a food or something. Like, a, yeah, I just had no idea. Like Cheetos or something? Yeah. and then, But then it came to my mind. I'm like, oh, I wonder if it's shoes or something. I don't know where that comes from, that name, anyway. And so in pursuit of all of this and all of this action and moving forward, I think it's also good to note that we can't always be in the energy of striving and moving forward and taking action. We need to like think about taking time to rest, having the downtime after, like you've just attended a fair. So I'm hoping, Rose that you're carving out some space for a little bit of downtime, reflection, recharge, like sort of like managing like yourself until you can like go out there again. Because I want to mention something about burnout. I needed to pre-plan that, I think, because I've just gone straight back into my normal weekly routine. So, and that makes me think of our listeners who might have jobs as well, J-O-B, like proper... (laughs) office jobs or whatever it is employer employment jobs yeah to actively pre-plan that time off after an event which I haven't done so I'm just sort of back in flow but I'm just a bit slower than usual so I'm just going to be slow I think yeah so that's the self-compassion and taking care of yourself well you celebrated yourself but marking I think marking like some specific time to like really like have a pajama day the next day or, you know. Tell the children to massage your feet. Oh, that sounds great. I need to have kids to do that. 
I'll send them over. That's my motivator. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Get them to massage your feet. Take some time, like make a bath, a bubble bath. Yeah, even if it's just like one or two hours, it could be a whole day. It could be like a little weekend away, just something like where you're taking time out because I think the reflection and the integration time is important in sort of, you know, with the the goal setting, like I think having that time to process it. You know, the other silly thing that I do for celebration, and this amuses the people that know, is I go to our really fancy local salad place and I get a celebration salad. Oh, that sounds fun. People find it amusing. It's really like really yummy. I'm like talking like really good salads. Yum. I think that sounds great. Food as a reward and that's a healthy one too. So that's good. That's looking after yourself on like many levels. All right. So do we have some extra resources for people with this whole thing? Talking about self-promotion and how difficult it is, I'm going to promote your one. So Laura has a um, a free goal-setting guide, which you can go and grab from her interweb location, her website lauraJaneDay.com stroke free. And we both offer one-on-one VIP mentoring um, or art business coaching. And you can hit Laura up via her website as well, or just drop her a DM or an email. And same goes for me. That's pretty much it. So Laura, what are you painting lately? What am I painting lately? Yeah. Are you using acrylics or oils? I use acrylics. Oh, amazing. Well, do you know what my favorite type of acrylic paint is? No, I don't think we've ever talked about your favourite type of acrylic paint. Tell me, Roz. My favourite type of acrylic paint is Matisse Structure. True story. And I actually have a discount code for people who would like to go and buy. Did you like that? Was that good? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how do I drop this in? But I do have a discount code for people who would like to go and buy some Matisse products. So if you would like to grab 10% off, um, go over to derivan.com.au. And use the code ROS10 and you can get 10% off your next purchase. I believe that does not include shipping and full disclosure, it is an affiliate code, which doesn't affect your pricing whatsoever. And the Matisse structure genuinely is actually my favorite paint. Um, So (laughs) yeah. Ah, amazing. (laughs) Do you use that one? I think I've seen it. I like Matisse fluid or flow. Oh. Either of those. I'm not sure we can associate with one another. Just yeah, saying. they're, they're <laughs> my favorite. Yeah, rather than the structure, but that that's fine. I'll still be friends with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could be friends with me, but I'm not friends with you. Is that how it works? <laughs> no, just joking. For me, I like the heavy body paint generally. So I also use Atelier Interactive and I just like to see the brush strokes in my work. I think that's why I like the heavy body paint. Uh-huh. Amazing. Well, Go and check out that discount code. Did you want to give it to the listeners again? Deraband.com.au and the code is ROS10, all caps. Amazing. I'm going to use that myself because Matisse is my favorite brand. All right. Shall we wrap this one up? Yep. With a bow? With the bow. With the bow. (laughs) All right, everybody. Can you visualize that magenta bow and then maybe also an orange bow? Yeah. What do you think? (laughs) Great. (laughs) What a lovely present. Alrighty, everyone. If you enjoyed listening today, please leave us a review and a couple of stars, five stars for good karma. 
um, wherever you're listening. And if you are listening and not watching, do remember we are actually on YouTube as well. So if you would like to see our lovely faces as we chat away and be silly, you are more than welcome to head over to YouTube. That's it for this week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.